There's no Pinterest perfect family. All of our families are awkward. Thank you for joining Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast of My Awkward Family, designed to knock some of the awkward out of all of us. Oh, what is he pointing at? You know, and you're, you're scared of what you're going to find around, around that corner. But the problem, the problem is, the problem in our culture is, is that we, we idolize perfection. We idolize perfection. So we look at our family and we go, it's, it's, it's my awkward family. We have this awkward family and uh, we have these awkward moments. But, but our, our culture idolizes perfection uh, in, in every arena. I, I heard this this, uh, this this past week, actually on the ESPN radio. One of the, one of the hosts, one of the analysts said, you know, we idolize perfection uh, in every area of our life, our professional athletes and our teams and stuff. Uh, but in, in family as well. I mean, I feel like, I, well, search. I, I, I did a search. Look on Pinterest. Search, and some of you are going to do this right now. I know. Search Pinterest family photos. I mean, every photo is perfect, right? Perfect backdrop, perfect smile, perfect kiss, perfect kids, perfect everything. Perfect everything. We took this picture uh, a year ago at Easter. We took this picture. I mean, it's not bad. It's kind of a Pinterest moment picture, right? It's, it's pretty good. But, but to every picture comes what you have to go through to get the picture. You know, look at every kid's face there. I mean, that's awesome, right? You see, that doesn't make Pinterest, does it? That doesn't make Pinterest. And so we see this perfection everywhere. And after we get done watching a movie, uh, Nicole and I get done watching a movie, and, and, and if we're watching a movie, it's you know, going to be one of her movies. And so I get done, I feel like I have to apologize to her. Like, I'm sorry I don't say the things he says, you know, because it's a perfect script. And then in our sitcoms, even though our sitcoms have gotten a little less imper- or a little more imperfect from the 1980s, you, you, you know, sitcoms, uh, but, but, but the, you know, there's, there's, there's imperfection in our sitcoms, but still, the, especially when we're talking about husbands, uh, all the husbands have a suit and tie job, right? No, no short, no professional short with a tie, you know, unless you're a newscaster, I guess, but, but you know, you can do whatever, you know, here or down, but... It's a suit and tie job, right? They're a doctor, they're a lawyer, they're, they're a financier. They're, they're, there's something that you, you're like, man, I don't have that type of job. I don't have that type of family, you know? And, and nobody ever has to pay for anything on a sitcom, do they? You ever notice that? Ever notice that? Nobody ever has to pay for anything. And, and everything, every image is perfect. I mean, you know, men's health. There's not too many of the men's magazines out there portraying perfection, but men's health, what is it? Always. Ladies, don't answer this question because we don't want you to answer this question that you know what is on the mag- those magazines. But, but dude, six-pack abs, you know, chest, like perfect body, how to have the perfect body, how to have the perfect life, how to have the perfect sex, right? It's all on there. Everything's about perfection. And then we look at our awkward family and go, And then, you know, fellas, we look down, right, and go, it's not, it's not working. But even inside of Christianity, even, even inside Christianity, we have this going on. We've got, we've got books on marriage and, and all this stuff that, that kind of portrays, if you do this, then you will have the perfect life, the perfect marriage, the perfect family. I've even succumbed to some of this. Like I've heard other, other pastors like, like, like preach on, fellas, if you just, it's, I call it Christian acts. You know acts, the body spray? You know the body spray that you spray on and all the, all the chicks like flock onto you? 
I call it Christian acts because all you have to do, all you have to do is serve and your wife will be all over you ripping your clothes off. Huh? What? (laughs) Dude, wait till she's serving. Then, see, my wife is in the preschool or in the nursery serving this week. I can say whatever I want to. Um, But we kind of portray that. We kind of portray that, but, but, for, but for husbands, like, like here's what happens. We, we think we've got to be perfect. We think we've got to be perfect, and, and, and something that can happen is that we can check out. And what I'm asking husbands to do this morning, all of us, is get out of the man cave, figuratively or literally. Get out of the man cave. You don't have to be perfect. God's not asking you to be perfect. See, the, 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 my, my awkward family, the title actually came from because, because the story that we're looking at through these, these five weeks chronicles an awkward family. We're going to see that in just a moment, an awkward family. But see, but see, this awkward family, God used to completely change the course of his nation. Completely change the course of his nation. There's plenty of awkwardness to go around. It's going to feel like an episode of The Office every week. But God used this family that completely changed the course of his nation. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. We're going to see imperfect faith come out here. We're going to see imperfect faith come out inside of this family. And fellas, nobody's asking you to be perfect. The goal isn't to be perfect. The goal is to play the role that God has for you. And that role, I'm going to give it to you right here, right here, right here. The goal. Here's the, here's the key. Here's the key. Everything else is going to flow from this. So, like, I'm, you're almost like, you mean I can, like, now check out? Like, I can, I can go play Clash of Clans or something and, and check out? Hey, if you do, that's awesome, because when I get to gaming, you're not going to get mad at me. Nobody laughed at that. Too close? Too soon? Something? Here's the deal. Here's the goal. Create an environment. Create an environment where others flourish. The goal of the husband is to create an environment where others flourish. Others in this context, we're talking about family, your wife, your kids. But also this all applies. This all applies to discipleship relationships. Establish an environment where others can flourish. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. We've got a U version uh, event. I, 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 made, I asked Jared to check for me to make sure because I forgot if I did it or not. We're going to throw the scriptures up on the screen to follow along to see how can I create an environment where others around me can flourish. 1 Samuel 1. There was a man from Ramathium Zophium in the hill country of Ephraim. His name was Elkanah. We're going to have some awkward names here, so we're just going to roll right through it. Elkanah, son of Jeroam, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, cousin of Tofu, son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. Awkward. The first named Hannah and the second Peniah. Peniah had children, but Hannah was childless. Awkward. I mean, they didn't live in mansions that, in that day. Everybody could hear everything. Peniah had children, but Hannah was childless. This man would go up from his town every year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, anytime I read that, I've just got to say Ferb, 
were the Lord's priests. We'll get to them in a couple of weeks. Whenever Elkanah offered a sacrifice, he always gave portions of the meat to his wife Peniah and, and, and to each of her sons and daughters. But he gave a double portion to Hannah, for he loved her even though the Lord had kept her from conceiving. Awkward. Her rival would taunt her severely just to provoke her because the Lord had kept Hannah from conceiving. Mean girl. We'll get more into that next week. Whenever she went up to the Lord's house, her rival taunted her in this way every year. Hannah wept and would not eat Hannah. Why are you crying? Her husband Elkanah asked. Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And I believe that's enough awkwardness right there, right? You guys in here are going, I don't know much, but I don't think you should have probably asked that question. <laughs> like, Dude, bro, like, just keep your mouth shut. First couple of questions were good enough. Some things Elkanah got right, some things Elkanah got wrong. But how do we create an environment where others can flourish? One thing that he got wrong, don't allow rivals into your home. Now, in two weeks, we're going to have a sermon on this, so I'm not going to get into depth here. But um, this isn't a teaser, it's a warning. We're going to have a sermon on this in two weeks. This is going to be one of those sermons, it's going to be like hugging a porcupine. It's going to be awesome. So you have one of two choices. If you're allowing rivals into your home right now, you can repent, take care of it now. That way, when we take care of it on Sunday morning, you don't have to be so awkward and tense. Or you can not take care of it, remember in two weeks and not show up. Or you can in two weeks forget that we're going to take care of it in two weeks, show up, and, 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 and we're going to put some pressure on the knot that you have in the muscle. But when we allow rivals into our home, we are saying to our family, I don't want you to flourish. So you can either repent, take care of it now, allow your family to start flourishing, and then it'll be easier in a couple weeks when we, when we deal with it, or it'll be really tense and awkward in two weeks. Our choice. Our choice. How else, how else do we create an environment, do we create an environment where others will flourish around us? We love him perfectly. We love him perfectly. See, what, what happened in that day was that if somebody, a man married a wife and that wife did not produce children, he would go and he would marry another wife that would produce children. And uh, usually, actually, what happened was, was that husband would completely discard the, the first wife. They would be technically still married, but they would just completely ignore the first wife. However, <clears throat> although imperfectly, we see, we see this, we see this, although imperfectly, Elkanah still loved his first wife. He loved her through her imperfections. Now, some of you may be like, well, we don't know if it was her fault. Look, let's look at it through the eyes of 4,000 years ago, not through the medical advances that we've had in the past 1,000 years, 100 years, about fertility and et cetera. He loved her through her imperfections. Yes, it wasn't her fault. But we are all imperfect in ways it's not our fault. Eyesight, right? I wear contacts. 
I'm imperfect. I'm, I'm sure this is so hard to believe, right? My body is not perfect. It's such a shocker to you, right? There are things about us that's imperfect that we cannot control. From birth defects that we all have. We all have birth defects. Some more evident than others. To things that crop up after birth. Sickness, disease. To the fact that we're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all imperfect. We do imperfect things to ourselves. But if we want our wives and our kids to flourish, we have to love through imperfection. All of it. All of it. We have to love through imperfection. Well, you don't know my wife, and you don't know what I go through, and you don't know what she says. Okay, fine. I also don't know what you do to her. Love through imperfections. If you expect her to love you through your imperfections, can't you at least love her through hers? Let's take this a step further. If you expect God to love you through your imperfections, can't you at least love her through hers? If we come home and retreat to our man cave, again, either literally, that we go into our man cave and play games, watch movies, whatever, come out for dinner, go back in for the rest of the night, come out to go to bed, maybe request sex, and expect her to perform, grow up. It's entitlement. That's what kids do. That's what little boys do. Because if we want to have leadership in our home, we went through the leadership progression a couple of weeks ago. If we want leadership in our home, if we want to be leaders in our home, we've got to have influence. And if we want influence, we've got to have presence. And if we have presence then we've got love. If we want to show our wives and our kids that we love them, we've got to be present with them. And presence and love is sacrifice. I come home from a hard day's work. Don't I deserve something? Great, don't get married. You feel like you deserve something when you get home. Singles, don't get married. Period. Then you don't have to serve anybody when you get home except yourself. Otherwise, that time is hers. You serve your wife. You serve your kids. You serve your wife by serving your kids. She's cooking you dinner. Play with your kids. Divert them from her apron strings. They go to bed. You think you've got time now to sit back and play? Uh-uh. What's going on in her heart? What's happening inside of her? Are you talking with her then? You want time? 
let everybody go to bed. First Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, live with your wives with an understanding of their weaker nature, yet showing them honor, love, as co-heirs of the grace of life. I wanted you to hear that, but this is what I want us all to hear. See, the first time that this verse sunk into me, I was like, oh, crap. So that your prayers will not be hindered. Here's what God's saying. You want to ignore your wife? I'll ignore you. You want to ignore your wife? I'll ignore you. I'm not going to answer your prayers. Fellas, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Love your wives. Honor your wives. Love your kids. Be present in their lives. Yes, we do this imperfectly. Elkanah did, did this imperfectly. And the questions that he asked her, even assuming that they came from a place of caring, which I believe they did, they were imperfect questions. And wives, don't expect perfection. Guys, we've got to come out of the man cave. Maybe we don't retreat to our rooms, but do we retreat to an iPad or an iPhone while we're still in the same room? Here's what I do. I charge my iPad when I'm done working. If it's charging, what can I not do with it? Play with it. Train myself to stay off the phone while I'm sitting there at dinner with them. Go Google this. Studies show if you sit down and have more uh, times around the table than not, your kids' behavior will get better. Sit down and have a meal. So what does this look like inside of our home? If I've got a ref, if I've got to leave at 5.15, we have dinner at 4.30. Well, we can't do that. Here's the, here's the principle. It matters. So make it happen. Yeah, sure, some days not. Some days not. But it matters. Make it happen. Fellas, we might have to say no to some stuff. Because it matters. Make it happen. It matters. Here's what's riding on this. Here's what's riding on this. Fellas, if we ignore our wife, if some guy sweeps in and decides not to, it's dangerous. Fellas, here's what's riding on this. If you decide to ignore your sons, they're going to have performance issues. They're going to believe they're going to believe that they've got to perform for daddy to get his love. They're going to believe they're going to have to perform for daddy to get his love. And you may be dead and gone, but he's still trying to perform for you. Because he believes that's how to get your love. 
Dads, this is how vital this is. Your daughters, they'll have performance issues too. That they'll believe they'll have to perform for another boy to get their love. This is a big, big deal. If you're present and making a heart connection with them, there's no guarantee. Because they're people to make their own decisions as well. But the risk goes way down. Way down. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. We're just asking you and me to get out of our man cave and be present. It might be imperfect. Look, I'm too intense with my boys. Some of you have seen glimpses of that. But you know what? This is where I haven't made a mistake, thankfully. Even through those intense times, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, they can come up and cuddle right back up with me immediately. We can go right back and, and, and begin playing again immediately. Not withholding love because they've made a mistake and been imperfect. Fellas, as we coined the term this morning, be proactive here. Be proactive. Don't retreat. Step up. Leave. Be present. If you've got to repent because of this, repent. Confess. Get on your knees before God. Get on your knees before your wife, before your kids, and ask for forgiveness. Find restitution. You see, that's the beautiful thing about God is that there's always repentance. There's always a chance to change. There's always forgiveness. There's always cleansing. And He's the one that gives the power to be able to do this to begin with. Be present. How else? How else do we establish a culture of flourishing? If we're present, let me, let me tie that dot together. If we're present they will flourish. Guaranteed. They'll flourish. Those around you will flourish. How else? How else do we, do, we, do we create a culture where others can flourish? Lead in worship. This is one thing that Elkanah got right. He continued to, to lead his family in worship. The, 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 the worship system then was, was that <clears throat> once a year they would go to the tabernacle and sacrifice for their sins. It was, it was an act of worship. Lead in worship. Now, now, because I get the chance to preach to you today, you are leading your family to what we call church. It's the facility where we gather to, to, to worship. Well done. Well done. Because we, we cannot be men that says, ah, that worship thing, that's for, that's for girls and kids. Man up, grow a pair, worship God. Facebook that. <laughs> but let's go a step further let's go a step further 
We want to give you tools to be able to lead your family in worship throughout the week. Nicole, with, with the preschool age and the, and the elementary age, she, she does a letter each series that they do. Their series are three to four weeks. And each series that they do, she produces a letter that tells you where you can go in either the YouVersion Kids app or the YouVersion Full Bible app to be able to have reading plans for either your preschool kids or your elementary kids. We give you this. If you don't have that letter, ask her for those. We also give you reading plans. Do your kids, if they are up early or up late, do your kids catch you reading the Bible or praying ever? Does your wife know that you spend time doing this? Do they ever catch you? Do they ever hear you praying for them? Lead in worship. I don't know how to read the Bible. Do you know how to read? Do you know how to read? Yes, yes. Okay, you know how to read the Bible. Read. Just go get something from it. Get something from it. And look, this is imperfect. This is imperfect. If we can do this as a family twice a week, it's a good week. It's a good week. If we can do this twice a week, at any given point in time, any of those weeks, I don't lose it like a volcano, it's a good day. Talk about awkward. Try praying. Your kids finally hit that button. You blow up. Would you stop that? Oh, dear Lord. Forgive me, for I know not what I do. It's imperfect. It's imperfect. It's not every day. And somebody might get a whooping through it. But it's imperfect. I don't believe in spanking. Have some kids. No, just joke. (laughs) Okay, fine. Do push-ups. That's what we've gone to. Push-ups. I don't believe in that. Hey, my kids will be more stacked than yours. Fine. <laughs> kids will be able to beat you up later. Okay. It'll be imperfect. It'll be imperfect. But are we going to do it? Are we going to be proactive and do it? Lead in worship. Lead in worship. This is what God wants each of us to do. And if we lead in worship, our families will flourish. One last thing from this. Not necessarily from this passage. It's, it's, it's one, one further down in the story. But after this episode, we'll, we'll see this story next week. But after this episode, Hannah goes off to, to, to pour her heart out to God before God about this childless deal. She has this episode with Eli that's awkward, uh, the priest that's, that's, that's awkward. And the priest ends up saying, may, may, God, may God grant you your prayer. May God answer your prayer. 
And then um, here's where we pick it up. The next morning, Elkanah and Hannah get out, get, got up early to bow and worship before the Lord. They, they're going to go back home, but before they do, they bow and worship before the Lord. Afterward, they return home to Ramah. Then Elkanah was intimate with his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. After some time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to his son. She named him Samuel because he said, I requested him from the Lord. Now, the, 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 the first time I thought of, you know, what this kind of meant, I was like, no, no, God, no, no, God, don't, don't, but... He kept pressing in and going, yeah, 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 I want you to go here. Like, no, God. Yes, yes. No, God. Yes. Okay, so here, 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 here it is. <sighs> Guys, if you want to set up a flourishing atmosphere, you have to provide for their purpose. Now, here, isn't, here is not what happened in this story. Hannah didn't come from this experience at praying at the tabernacle and come back home and tell, tell Elkanah this story and he go, oh, you're just a crazy old woman and roll over and turn the light off. He did what it took to have a kid. He provided for her purpose. Now guys, that, huh. <clears throat> do not try this at home. This is one of those moments. Do not try this at home. Hey baby. Let me provide for your purpose. Do not try this at home. Now, if that's how you get off flirting, then that's fine. Whatever. Either way, do not send me an email nor include me in any of this. Here's what this means. This was true for them. He didn't just roll over. But are you providing for their purpose? For their God-given purpose. Are you providing for their God-given purpose? Yes, needs. Yes, their, their basic needs. Because, because a, a woman will shut down if they don't have that foundation. But are you providing for their God-given purpose? Are you praying for her to find her God-given purpose? Are you allowing her to leave the home to go, to go do that God-given purpose, to, to watch the kids? Look, this happened this past Monday night. It's imperfect. I lost my top while watching the kids. I'm not this perfect dad that's got this whole awesome light planned. But I've heard of guys getting mad because, because th their wife has found their God-given purpose and heaven forbid it's outside the home. They got to watch the kids every once in a while. You're providing for your own hobbies, for your gaming. Are you providing money so that she can do her God-given purpose? Which is more important, your hobbies or her God-given uh, purpose? Are you encouraging her? Are you excited? Are you praising her God-given purpose? For two years after moving back, we, we, we struggled with this from the standpoint of, of, of praying for Nicole to find a, 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 a God-given purpose for her in, in Republic. And finally, she, she came into serving the PTO and becoming the, the president of, of the Price PTO. God-given purpose. It means for one Monday night a month, I'm with the boys. Woo! Right? No dad of the year for that, right? Like, whoop de doo da Allow her to go do events and stuff. 
doesn't cost anything for her to do this, so, so that, that works out, but she does a good job at it. Does your wife know her God-given purpose? You praying for that, encouraging her? Having her go, go seek that out and find that? Are you? Because if you're on your video game, she can't. She's got too much other stuff to worry about. Can't happen. And guess what? She'll flourish. You'll see her flourish in a way you never thought possible. And your kids, are you, are you finding their, their God-given purpose and encouraging them that? Your goal as a parent, we'll get more into this in the weeks ahead, but your goal as a parent isn't to raise nice moral kids. It's boring. Chances are they're just moral in the front and they're Satan in the back, but that's a separate... We'll get to that, week four. It is to raise up kids who advance the kingdom. That they're ready at 18 to advance the kingdom of God. Are you finding... Their their purpose starts coming out early. Elijah, a little bit more artsy. Josiah, a little more athletic. Noah said this before, some of you knew. He's the comedian. And there's some sort of gene inside of comedians that go straight for the pee-pee jokes. I don't know, but he's the one that came up with syrups, right? Our goal with him is just, just keep it clean, bro. Keep it clean. He's five. Can't wait till he goes to school. That'll be awesome. Isaiah, he's going to be two this week, so, you know, we're, we're still discovering that. But you can see this early. Instead of just normal, fun birthday gifts, I mean, do the fun, but, or Christmas gifts, are you providing for his or her purpose through, through gifts? Instead of just games? What if, what if, what if, what if? Let's go radical here. What if you set aside money every month we started this early, but we had to stop this the church planning and, and stuff and finances. We, we look forward to being able to get out of debt and start this again. What if you set up what we, let's just call it a kingdom advance fund. Every month you socked money aside for each of the kids so that when they got to be 18... <laughs> Maybe, maybe that does send them off to college to, to, to pursue a major that will train them up in their purpose. Parents, catch this. College isn't what they're, they're, they get trained to do to get rich. Don't force them in that direction. It's what trains them to do their kingdom purpose. Maybe it's not that. Maybe, maybe it's for a gap year mission trip where they travel all around the world working in different mission locations. Maybe it's for an item. I know, I know a dad who, who this wasn't the in, original intent, but because his, his, his son had, 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 had musical ability and this was evident that his kingdom purpose was this, bought him a, basically almost a priceless guitar. Use that money to provide for his kingdom purpose. 
Are we providing for their kingdom purpose? Are we thinking long-term and, and providing for their kingdom purpose? But it's too late. There's two days. There's two days that's best to plant a tree. Ten years ago and today. It's never too late. It's never too late. And we're going to do this imperfectly. We will. Elkanah did this imperfectly. Basically had to provide for two families. But he still did it. He still did it. I read this quote this week out of a blog. Think about what this means for a marriage. You will generally feel for your spouse to the extent in which you invest in your spouse. This blog was about, you know, the feeling of love. Love is not a feeling, it's a verb. Love is sacrifice. And what this guy is saying is that to the extent that you invest in someone or something, anything really, you will feel for it. Here's how Jesus said it. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart is also. Wherever your treasure is, whatever you invest in, there is where your heart is. That's where your desire is. That's where your feeling is as well. No such thing as falling out of love. It's falling out of investment. Guys, husbands, dads, we invest in. Or we invest. It'll never not get awkward. In fact, when you start investing, that will probably be some of the most awkward moments you've ever had. Guaranteed. But you've got to fight through it. You've got to fight through it. For the sake of your family, for the sake of the church, Because when we have families that are strong, advancing the kingdom, church is strong. Church is strong. Paul put this this way. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Talk about this a bit next week, but you know, a lot is made over this whole submission word. Guys have a higher call, a stronger call, a more difficult call than submit. His call is die for your wife. Whew, right, ladies? Right? Yeah. Okay, I was great, I'll submit. <laughs> well, awesome. <laughs> and guess what? Guess what happens? We'll probably submit for anybody that dies for us, right? That becomes pretty easy, doesn't it? Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's the call. That's the call. Last Valentine's Day, the boys and I went out to, to Walmart because we're high rollers to get Nicola Valentine's Day present. 
you know, we live in Republic. And uh, we, we got her instead of, you know, just a, a bouquet of roses or whatnot, we, we got a potted rose plant. Like, hey, the gift that keeps on giving, right? And just don't wilt and die and you throw them away. And so, uh, you know, th- those first roses, they, they faded and they died and we cut them off and stuff. And we didn't kill the plant, but there's not a whole lot of roses. We got one in the fall that uh, came up again, and, but not a whole lot of roses, but, but the plant is still flourishing. But about three, four weeks ago, we started to see a bud of a rose start to form. And it grew. And I don't know, you know, you shuck corn. I don't know what roses do. I don't know if they shuck themselves or what not, but that sounds awkward. But anyway, um, the, 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 the leaves, the petals started pulling back. The green ones started pulling back one at a time. And now we have a full-fledged, bloomed rose on this plant. Three, four weeks. I mean, it took a while, Right? This is what it's like. You've got, it is your responsibility, because why is that rose growing? The soil, right? Guys, it is your responsibility to make the soil right for flourishing. Like I said earlier, talking about humans, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. That when you set the soil right, the choices will be made correctly. No guarantee. But doesn't it alleviate a lot of the risk if the soil is right? It is our job to get the soil right. We'll be imperfect. But you know what? Soil doesn't have to be perfect for flowers to grow. Those dadgum dandelions come up every stinking year, no matter how awesome your yard is or not, right? Soil doesn't have to be perfect for flowers to grow. It just has to be there. It has to be there. The soil has to be present. Those of you that aren't husbands, I hope you see the correlation. Like you can, you can utilize this in discipleship relationships. But... I about wrote out this week, pray for a husband. In different contexts, I'm not sure if that's appropriate, but what I mean is pray for somebody that is a husband. Either your husband or your dad that is a husband. Or pray for somebody that you know that are close to that is a husband, that that God will give them the power to do this. Single, single ladies. This is your checklist, ladies. Yeah, this is your checklist. If he refuses to do them when you're not married, it'll be worse when you are married. Period. Single fellas, you see where I'm headed with this. Start now. Start now. Start now. Be a person somebody wants to marry. But husbands, dads, What do you need to do this week to start creating or keep creating a culture that flourishes others?
my, my, my focus is, is, is loving through imperfections, to, 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 to show love better throughout the entire day. What can you do this week? This week. To create or keep creating an environment where those around you can flourish. There'll be people in the back if you need to talk about something, especially about the, about the, um, about the uh, rivals deal. You need to talk to somebody about that? We'll be back here to, to talk to you and pray with you through that. But otherwise, be praying. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do this week to create an atmosphere where those around me can flourish? Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you that you, you know, you've given us stories. You've given us, you've given us uh, scripture that is clear. Um, you've kind of get, gotten up in our grill about some of it too. You know, I, I pray that in all of our hearts that there's, there is this ideal. There is a, there is a vision that we're going for, but, but ultimately, like, it, it's not a perfect thing that's going to happen, that, that we do feel the performance pressure to, to, to be off that we love and serve and lead imperfectly but we just do it I pray that grace abounds in our home where there is imperfections that we that grace does abound and Lord where where we have felt the sting of, of our own actions that we repent and find your forgiveness. That you will press on our hearts to, to repent and change and move on. Let our families be strong and see you do an amazing work. Change the course of nations. Because our awkward families will love imperfect. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. We invite you to join us on a Sunday at 10 a.m.